2: another episode i don't know why i always say that but another episode of the stochastic nhl strategy show i'm your host josh harris joining me as always is my partner in crime Slim cliffy how are we doing today cliffy
1: uh not too bad a little busy uh, seeing as we have a massive 12 game slate here tonight um wrote the article today uh for the nhl dfs picks free to read over at stochastic.com so between that you know researching every single game it's been uh it's been a pretty busy day here but how you been
2: yeah uh busy day for me as well researching for this slate i have a mma betting article going up soon um just also wanted to give a quick shout out to uh jetty in our discord chat for shipping the 15 dollars nhl last night he read the uh Winnipeg flowchart manifesto very carefully and he had a one-off Neil Pionk who got two goals at a very low percentage so congrats to you 10k on a short slate not easy to do especially in NHL <laughs> short slate GPPs are usually pretty crappy but last night was pretty good it was actually my best day of the season on the short slate I played both cash and GPP A cash both lineups feels pretty good to uh be in the green had a tough start to the season but that's how it goes with uh, single entry, it's a roller coaster. How'd you do last night?
1: No, I didn't play much last night. Um, just pretty much wanted to keep the Iron Man going. Um, just wasn't a slate that really appealed to me. Um, made a couple bets. That was, you know, pretty much it. I, having done this, you know, I, th- I think this is year six of me doing DFS shows. Like, eventually, you, you realize you got to kind of pace yourself. You know, it's it's really easy to get super excited at the start of the season. And uh, if there's a slate that just doesn't appeal to me or something like that, I'll just, you know, keep the Iron Man going and then take the night off and watch a movie or something like that. So um took it easy last night. uh Right back at it tonight, though.
2: Yeah, that's one thing that I wish I did. Like with you on Sundays, you're harder to find than Jimmy Hoffa. So like you you, you straight up disconnect from all social media, which is nice. Get nice mental break. But uh yeah, we have a monster 10 game slate this show is sponsored by BetMGM. also make sure you hit like and subscribe uh, if you haven't already helps us out a lot helps me and cliffy and you guys bring you free shows free information all that fun stuff and once you hit the uh like make sure you hit the notification bell you'll know when our shows go live uh we have a show after us so Let's hop right into this monster slate, 12 games, lots of big totals. First game of the night, we have the Anaheim Ducks with a 2.8 total heading into Boston. The Bruins have a 3.8 total. Um, Bruins kind of reverted back to their lines from the other night. Um, Taylor Hall, David Krejci, David Pasternak, Zaka, Bergeron, DeBrusque. Now, when they did that the last game, it ended up, you know, Bergeron and And Pasternak ended up together a bunch. Um, It does kind of mess it up from a five-on-five stacking. But power play, the Anaheim Ducks penalty kill has been so bad. Gibson has been so bad. It is Gibson in net tonight, confirmed. Linus Olmark for the Bruins. I do like Bruins power play here. The only one who's getting big minutes is Pasternak. So, you know, I think you bring some power play guys along for the ride. Uh, On the Ducks side, Lots of big road totals, 2.8 going into the Bruins isn't isn't nothing, but I find myself not getting too lot of ducks.
1: Yeah, um, going into Boston is typically one of those matchups we always avoid. Um, You know, sometimes it can burn you. There are big games from from road teams uh, going into Boston, but, you know, that Bergeron matchup uh, is typically a really, really good uh, shutdown matchup uh, for the Bruins. Um, you know, we had concerns that um, Bergeron might not be as good without Brad Marchand. And I think there's a little bit of merit to that, but the defensive numbers have still been really good uh, for Boston this year. So while I see, you know, really low ownership on that Terry Zegers line from Anaheim, um, I just, I, I, you know, if this is like a five or six game slate, I think they would warrant, you know, some consideration, at least on a slate this large, I think, just passing all the Anaheim forwards by. Uh, For me, I think I agree with you. This is about like some sort of power play stack or or Boston 2 stack. The reason for that is um, that Krejci line will see a fair bit of the Ryan Strom, Frank Petrano, Mason McTavish line from Anaheim. A small sample so far uh, to start the year for that second line. Um, but three expected goals against per 60 minutes, three and a half goals allowed. Yeah, Those are numbers that are considerably worse uh, than league average. And I don't think it's really a surprise. Like Mason McTavish, like we said on the last show with Anaheim, um, Frank Petrano's not good defensively. Ryan Strom is a really good playmaker, good on the power play, but not good defensively. Mason McTavish is a rookie with like 13 total game playing, including last year or something like that. So, that Anaheim two line um, I think is one that can be picked on, especially with the way that Anaheim's kind of running their defense. Like they're playing a lot of Cam Fowler and John Klingberg. You know, Fowler's not awful defensively, but Klingsberg defensive play has really fallen off over the last few years. Um, so if you can see that line, you know, if that Boston second line can see a lot of the second pair from of, of John Klingberg, that's another great matchup as well. So I do like the Boston second line here quite a bit tonight. Uh, with you know Taylor Hall, uh, David Krejci, uh, and David Pasternak. Pasternak, <laughs> funny enough, I'll just bring up um, our ownership here real quick. Uh, David Pasternak coming in over twenty percent uh, on DraftKings, expected to be the highest owned player. Um, around twenty percent over on Fanduel here as well. So you're probably going to have a lot of ownership. Uh, go to that Bruins second line. So maybe that's why the power play stack works. You know what I mean? Maybe you leave Krejci off and put in Bergeron instead um, or something like that. I One thing I mentioned, we'll get to the defenseman right now. Matt Grizzlick is back in the lineup for Boston here tonight. Um, he had been out with injury. Um, first game of the season. Uh, Grizzlick at times over the last two or three years has taken some power play one time with the Bruins. And I don't wonder if he takes over for uh, Hampus Lindholm here tonight because Lindholm's really not doing a whole lot um, offensively. He's not doing a whole lot with peripherals. Like, I don't think he's worth his price on DraftKings at 5100 Uh But Grizzly comes into the game, Stoneman price on DK at 2500 And I think there's a reasonable chance he'll get the top power play. You know, at least he'll be power play too. And he'll probably play, you know, 18, 19 minutes, even if they ease him in. So, I think Matt Grizzlick is probably one of my favorite defense plays on the whole slate. And I wonder if he's going to carry any ownership because, you know, it was late news, not late news, but it was news we got today at noon that he'd be back in the lineup. So uh, for me, it's, you know, Boston power play stacking on the blue line. Um, I think I like Matt Grizzlick the most Connor Clifton's price has really come up, but for the minutes he plays, he's still fine um, on the Anaheim side. Again, Dmitry Kulikov is probably the only guy that really stands out to me because he's cheap. I think the other guys are too expensive, and it's too tough of a match.
2: Yeah, I agree on the duck side. And then with Matt Grislyk, I think he's a good risk in GPPs at min price Even if he doesn't get full power play one, even if he doesn't take it over, he's still going to see a fair about of minutes. He's going to get that power play two-time. So, yeah, I think that's a nice risk in GPPs. Let's move on to the next game of the night. We have the Dallas Stars with a 2.9 total heading into Toronto the frauds have a three uh, sorry the maple leafs have a 3.7 total scott wedgewood confirmed for the stars Ilya samsonov for the leafs uh nick robertson moving up to the second line with nelander navaras um yeah that's kind of interesting uh Only thing for me on the Dallas side is probably going to be that top line. But again, they're going to go into the Matthews matchup. On a 12-game slate, the Toronto top line not coming in with massive ownership. It's still pretty high for a 12-gamer, but it's coming down compared to the last few slates. They've been pretty awful. Uh, Going up against Scott Wedgwood might be a good bounce back here. Going into Dallas one, like they're probably going to see a bunch of that hints line. Like that line is very, very good. So maybe that is why the ownership is down a little bit. But I don't mind some Toronto two here at very low ownership.
1: Yeah, Toronto two was kind of what I had circled here, especially uh, with Nick Robertson coming in for the Leafs uh, for anybody that might be um, maybe a little bit newer to the NHL or, you know, just prospects in general. Nick Robertson is probably the Leafs top prospect and has been for a couple of years now. Just, you know, they've typically been pretty deep at forward um, over the last couple seasons. He's had some injuries. He's also a younger draftee, like he's born in September. So he literally just turned 21 years old, even though he was drafted three years ago. So, um, you know, maybe a little bit slower on the development curve, but 30 points in his last 30 AHL games. He's a really good offensive player. And again, he's a guy that's the stone men price um, over on DraftKings. So. Uh, It really helps, you know, bring down uh, the cost um, of that Toronto second line. Uh, He's only 3K on FanDuel um, as well. And we look at their ownership uh, by our Top Stacks tool. Uh, Over on DraftKings, they're coming in, you know, under 2%, obviously just fine. Uh, Over on FanDuel, uh, they're coming in uh, roughly the same at about 1%. um, So they're perfectly acceptable going into that Dallas second line. Um, You know, Sagan and Marchman have played well on that second line, um, but I wouldn't call them elite defensively. Uh, uh, 2.7 expected goals against um, per 60 minutes in their their time together so far this year. So, you know, they're generating a lot offensively. And I think, you know, that's kind of the the matchup of this game that's of most interest to me is the two second lines. Because both second lines should be pretty good offensively, but they're both kind of porous defensively, right? And I don't think Nick Robertson's going to help that line defensively. You know, if, if guys like Dennis Mulligan aren't helping defensively then, or Alex Kerfoot, then certainly uh, Nick Robertson won't. But I think he could help them uh, draw a lot of offense. So, you know, I I think you, this is definitely another one of those spots where if you're using Toronto, you can get a bit weird, especially with where, where Robertson's so cheap. Like maybe you put Nylander with Matthews and Robertson or something something like that um, take Tavares out or go double center with Matthews and Tavares. But quite honestly, this seems like a pretty bad matchup uh, for Toronto, especially with the way Jake Ottinger's playing. Like he's had a real good start to his, his career was, you know, put in one of the best single series performances we've, <laughs> we've ever seen from a goaltender uh, in round one against Calgary last year. And then started this year strong. Like he just looks like he's turning into one of the best goalies in the league. Um, it is. So I, I, I
2: think right what's confirmed.
1: Oh, is he confirmed? Yeah. Oh, I didn't see that. Well, yeah. yeah, that changes that changes uh quite a bit then. So um yeah, I I'd, I still I mean I, I like Toronto too, regardless of who's in net because of the price, but I like them a lot more now that uh Wedgewood is starting on the Dallas side. I think I'm out on the stars here tonight. I'm like the reason to play them is probably because uh the Leafs goaltending has been real shaky to start the year, which it's been pretty much since Christmas of last year. But I mentioned it in our Discord. Dallas is really spreading out the ice time to start this season. I think Tyler Sagan is the only player or the only forward they have over 17 minutes a game. Maybe it's 18 minutes. Um, you know, uh, Jason Robertson, Rope Hintz, you know, Joe Pavelski's playing like 15 minutes a game or something like that. They're really spreading out the ice time. Um, a spread out ice time situation in a pretty tough defensive matchup going up against Toronto. I think if anything, you know, again or one off march- marchment would be the direction I would go. Um, But that's it for Ford. So Toronto 2, maybe some one-off on uh, the Dallas second lines, and that's about it.
2: Yeah, Dallas 1, time on ice is an issue. And also, they're very expensive for a road matchup. They're almost 20K. I'd much rather go to a home team in a better matchup than that. Moving to the blue lines, uh, Morgan Riley, 6,100. Seems pretty expensive for what he does. Rasmus Sandin moving up in the lineup to the second pair of Stoneman price is fine for me. On the star side really isn't too much like they're kind of priced not great I guess if anything would be Suter at 3400
1: yeah I, I I think for me it's um probably not a game where I get any of my defensemen I like I think um Haskinen is still wildly overpriced um uh especially over on DraftKings And the rest of the guys just don't really bring a lot. Like you're just hope you're just praying that you don't can assist. I think the only guy I might play is Justin Hall uh, on DK, hoping you can get the block bonus. But honestly, this isn't a game I'm getting my defenseman from.
2: Agreed. So let's move on to the toilet bowl. We have the Arizona Coyotes with a 2.9 total heading into Montreal. The Canadians have a 3.6 total. Uh, This is a six and a half over under here. Both teams awful defensively. Both teams very bad on the penalty kill. Not surprising to see that the Montreal top line of Caulfield, Suzuki, Monahan is one of our highest, if not the highest negatively leveraged line per our top stacks tool. They're coming in around 16%. They're cheap. They're fully correlated. They're in a good matchup. I like them in GPPs. It's just a matter of ownership here. I think if you want to drop down to that third line of Duran, Doc, Anderson, I think that's fine. It's a bummer that Anderson doesn't see any power play time, but... Uh, I don't mind that line at almost no ownership. That second line, Dvorak Gallagher also fine on the coyote side. If there's ever a slate to go like Boyd Keller, this is the one they have a 2.9 total on the road, getting almost no ownership. Uh, so yeah, on the coyote side, maybe some of that top line, but I do really like the Habs tonight.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I think one of the, one of the shows we did, um, with Arizona, um, we said eventually we're going to use that top line. And I'm wondering if this isn't the matchup to use that Arizona top line. They'll see a fair bit of the Montreal top line as uh, the in game matchup here tonight. And, you know, we talk often about how Montreal's really turned around their offense since Martin St. Louis was hired as coach back in February. But the defense, like you mentioned, Um, at the start of this segment, still real bad. Um, This season alone, the top line for the Habs, 3.7 expected goals against per 60 minutes. Like, that is pretty bad. 4.8 actual goals against per 60 minutes at 5-on-5. It's Jake Allen and even, you know, Sam Montembeau at times that has really made this team look better defensively um, than they've been. So, I don't know exactly how I would approach stacking the Arizona top line. Like obviously you get Keller in there. I don't know if I would three man stack them outright, but I think Keller makes a fine one off here tonight. Cause you know, it's either him or Nick Ritchie uh, up front because Nick Ritchie does get some power play one time in Montreal's penalty kill. Um, just like after Martin St. Louis was hired last year, it's still real bad um, here to start this season. Um the only thing I will mention is, like I said, uh, the goaltending has saved them. They have 957 save percentage uh, on the penalty kill so far this year, which is just absolutely insane. Um, that's obviously going to come down quite a bit. Um, so, you know, I definitely do like one off Keller, uh, one off uh, Nick Ritchie here uh, in this game, especially where Richie's price uh, is so cheap uh, across the industry and, you know, just 3100 um over on DraftKings. He doesn't need a whole lot to reach value. Um, if you get it's a goal like you're absolutely rolling. So um, I do like uh, Richie and Keller as one off for Arizona. I just don't know if I would full stack any line on the Montreal side. It, it's like, yes, um, I, this is a good matchup for the Montreal top line in return. Um, Arizona won without Nick Schmaltz 4.0 expected goals. against for 60 minutes at five on five over the last two seasons. So, still giving up a ton of expected goals, whether Schmaltz is there or not, but not having them makes them considerably worse. So it is a great, great matchup for Montreal. It's just that um, there is a ton of ownership, like 15% ownership and above for this line um, on a 12 game slate featuring 24 teams. Like that's a lot. So I I think you, you know, I, they do have a, stand a pretty good chance of, of doing well here tonight. It's just there are so many other lines in, that are also in very good spots um, that you could use. Um, I don't think – they wouldn't be my single entry uh, line uh, line here tonight, you know, if you're 20 maxing 150 or something like that, certainly. Um, but they are in a great matchup. I think for the depth, I'd rather go to the Dvorak um, and Gallagher line. Um They've actually been playing reasonably well under Martin St. Louis, uh, two and a half expected goals for uh, 2.9 expected goals against. That's actually good considering Montreal. Um, you know, one off Brendan Gallagher or something like that, I think would be fine uh, on the Habs side, but that's probably it. I do. Like I said, I do like the Habs top line. It's just, they have a lot of ownership. I would probably avoid them in single entry.
2: Yeah, I agree there. Um, and if you do use them in single entry, just be aware. You're probably playing the case line of the night. Moving to the blue line on the Arizona side, JJ Moser on the top power play, thirty five hundred is nice, but uh, Shane Gossesbear also on the top power play, fifty nine hundred on DK, cheaper on Fanduel. I think I'd play Gossesbear more on Fanduel, but I still think he's a fine play on DraftKings tonight. On the Montreal side, their defensemen are starting to get priced up here. I don't know if there's one that I would think would like just put into my lineup as the last guy if I had thirty seven hundred, maybe Caden Goulet, but I think there's some better options in that range.
1: Yeah, um, Shane Goss Bear, I wrote up in the uh, DFS Picks article over at stochastic.com, free to read. Just head on over to our NHL DFS section. Um, after St. Louis was hired last year, the Montreal penalty kill was 31st in expected goals against and 27th in actual goals against. Um, this year, 30th in expected goals against. The penalty kill still just real, real bad. So I agree with you. Goss bear, especially over on FanDuel, um, but still um, a solid value over on DK. Um, this probably isn't a game where I'm, I'm looking for my punts. I think Jonathan Kovacevic, Kovacevic, sorry, uh, could get there uh stone men for Montreal, but um, I'm probably, you know, with guys like Matt Grizzly existing um, at the stone, men, I think there are other spots to look uh, for a non or for a cheap defenseman.
2: Yeah, I agree. And as much as I want to give you another Epic hardwood promo, I want to make sure that we can get the last nine games in. So let me just get through these reads pretty quickly here. Ten dollars for ten days of Stochastic Platinum NBA is back, and that means it's time for our best promo of the year. Get full access to all of our data tools for every sport: NBA, NHL, NFL, PGA, soccer, esports, everything we got, as well as all as the new as well as the new uh, lineup generator, which allows you to build and export uh, up to twenty lineups using our data. That's eighty percent off our normal platinum pricing, and you get access to the lineup generator. Use promo code HARDWOOD or click the link in the description to sign up. The generator is awesome. We have it for NFL. We have it for NBA. I, f- I think it's coming with NHL, so just be aware of that. So let's move on to the next game of the night. We have the Washington Capitals going into Ottawa. Capitals have a 3.2 total. The Senators have a 3.4. Uh, one thing that I noticed here on the Senators, not a lot of <coughs> – I just said puberty. Not a lot of ownership on them. Two and a half percent for that top line, a little bit lower for that. Josh Norris is the most expensive or not the most expensive, the, the highest owned because he is thirty nine hundred power play one. He's coming in at five percent. I kind of have a lot of interest in the senators at the ownership. Like I'd much rather play them than 17 percent Habs on the capital side. Again, not a huge fan of full stacking. I will say power play stacking is probably how I would attack. The Capitals tonight I'd do something like Ovechkin, Strom, Oshie, or something like that. But I don't know if I'd full stack any line at even strength.
1: Yeah, my concern with Washington is that they move around um, some players through the through the day. Right? Is um, Evgeny Kuznetsov and um, Connor Brown both out for this game? So Lars Eller playing uh, on the top line with Alex Ovechkin. Um, you know. Could we see uh, Marcus Johansson maybe even slide to center at some point? That's something I think that could happen. Could, you know, does Dylan Strome move up uh, to go play with Ovechkin at some point? So, you know, Ovechkin uh, always uh, certainly in play as a one-off. I just worry about full stacking them. Um, When Lars Eller and Alex Ovechkin play together, um, it's actually pretty good uh, for Ovechkin's uh, defensive numbers. Um, You know, 50... 51 to 52% of the expected goal share, you know, around 2.7 uh, expected goals against. That's a little bit below average, but they generate a lot offensively as well. So maybe it's a little bit of a tougher matchup for the Ottawa top line. I don't think that... Um, I want to go into that Washington second line though. Uh, Ale- Alexei Protas, has, believe you know, um, believe it or not, has played pretty well for Washington this year. TJ Oshi, always a good two-way winger. So I worry about that second line for Washington being tough defensively for Ottawa. So I do like the prices on both of Ottawa's lines, though it's weird. Like their prices come down and nobody wants to play them. It seems, even though Washington's looked um, awful defensively. Um, to start the season. So I think either of uh, Ottawa's top two lines are perfectly acceptable to use here tonight. Um, I'm not going to worry. You know, we just talked about line matching. I'm not going to worry about it too much because I do think Washington ends up moving their lines a fair bit in this game. So um, I would probably just go to the, the brain and Giroux line coming in uh, with very little ownership um, coming in um, at a, you know, very reasonable price uh, on DraftKings at about 16, four, um, should get uh, some good matchups, whether it's top line uh, against Ovechkin or down to the third line with uh, Connor McMichael making his season's debut. So I really do like the Ottawa, um, the Brinkett, Giroux, uh, Norris line in this game, especially where um, their prices have come down and they've been playing really, really well to start this year. Four and a half expected goals generated per 60 minutes, 3.4 actual goals scored. Um, those are really, really good offensive numbers. Um, Alistair Brinkett is. Fifteen shots at three games. The guy's averaging five shots a game pretty early in the season, uh, and the whole lines prices come down. So it's the Cat the Giroux line for me that I like the most in this game. Again, you want to one off Alex Ovechkin. That is always fine to do, um, but I'm not really too gung ho on the way they've set up their lines because it looks, you know, Anthony Mantha on the third line, TJ Oshie on the second line, Alex Ovechkin on the top line. Like they just really spread everything around. So. If I were to do anything from the Caps, it'd be some sort of power play stack, maybe. Um, but then you're taking guys across three lines. So I think it's just one-offing Ovechkin or maybe one-offing a relatively cheap TJ Oshie down on the second line with Dylan Strom. But that's it for Washington forwards.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. On the blue line, uh, Chabot priced up still. He's been had a weird start to the season, but don't mind it for special teams. The guys I'm looking at are Jake Sanderson or my son Artem Zub. On the capital side, Carlson for power play stacks. After that, I don't know if I would punt anybody.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, Dmitry Orloff has been moved to the top pair uh, with John Carlson. So maybe Orlov sees a few more minutes here tonight. I don't think his bat his price is um, that bad uh, on DraftKings and on FanDuel is pretty reasonable as well. So I think Dmitry Orloff, if you want, like one of those lower mid-price players, but um, really not a game where I'm grabbing my defenseman from.
2: Yep. I agree. Uh, I see we have a hundred dollars super chat from Jetty. I would say thank you, but that is the cost of renting the manifesto for a night. So if anyone wants to rent the Winnipeg flow chart, just, you know, get at us in discord hundred bucks. I'm just kidding. Thank you very, very much. Only 9,900 profit. Now how bad do I run? Thanks boys. Appreciate y'all incredible night from you. Great night. I appreciate the super chat a lot.
1: Yeah, thanks a lot, Jetty. Um, hopefully, uh, another 10K on the way here uh, in the next couple nights. Let's see what we can do about that.
2: So, let's move on to the next game of the night. The San Jose Sharks with maybe the best reverse retro jerseys. They're very nice. With a 2.4 total heading into New York. My Rangers, 3.7 total. James Reimer confirmed. Igor Shesterkin probable. Uh, Rangers top line heavy ownership Rangers second line heavy ownership and by heavy i mean double digits um to be expected they're still very very good on the power play uh their five on five play has been much improved in the small sample over last year i think you know capo caco alexis Lafreniere, really helping that top six five on five and trocek over Strom obviously is a big benefactor as well i like the rangers tonight i think um a lot. Of, I, I heard a lot of rumblings about power play stacking, and I think that's fine. They're very good on power play. Somehow, the only thing the Sharks are good at is penalty killing. So I think I would, you know, just full stack that top line. I think add in a Cap uh, Capukaco, or full stack the second line and add in you know the Lafreniere. On the Shark side, if it is Igor Net, like I, I don't know if I'll get to any Sharks. Like if I was 150 maxing, maybe I'll have a little bit of the Hurdle Meyer two man, but that's really about it.
1: Yeah, like I was kind of tempted to maybe play a little bit of Sharks here tonight because, you know, that Rangers top line um, with Kako has been very good. 4.8 expected goals generated per 60 so far this year. But 2.9 expected goals against not really great defensive numbers. Um, But then you're running into Igor Shesterkin. And, um, you know, if I have the option of not playing um, a line going against Igor Shesterkin, Sturkin on a 24-team slate, I, you know, I'll usually take it. Alexander Bear Banoff being back is interesting here because that top line with Bear Banoff was really good last year. Uh, 3.7 goals scored per 60 minutes. Um, he's cheap, obviously, but he's also just um, coming back from injury. So you know, what kind of game shape is he in? Um, is he going to play very much? Um, are they going to move him around? Um, that's just kind of the issue here when you have those questions, and and you're going in Igor Sturkin. I think it's easy to pass so I'm passing on San Jose here tonight though I don't think the top line is necessarily in a bad spot I think they're in a
0: fine spot looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season test your skills on prize picks the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports just select two or more players pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics and place your entry it's as easy as that if you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepickscom get100 and use code get 100 that's code get 100 at prizepicks.com slash get 100 for a first deposit matchup to 100 prize picks daily fantasy sports made easy
2: lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky
0: lucky in line at the deli i guess ha! in my dentist's office More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes.
2: Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
0: I never win and tell.
2: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: So if I was playing 150, like you said, I would definitely have some sharks here, but um not here tonight. The matchup I really like is the Rangers second line. The problem is, is they're coming in with a ton of ownership. Um we always we talk about it, you know, every time the Sharks are on the slate, once the top line gets off the ice, this team just gets ran over. Um going back to last year, um 2.1 expected goals for, 2.6 expected goals against without the top line on the ice. Like it doesn't matter what line they put out, they just get throttled. Now Nick Benino playing with Logan Couture might help a little bit defensively, Benino, 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 (laughs) but um, I, you know, it wouldn't help them offensively and the Rangers second line um, has just been absolutely rolling to start this year. So um, I think this might be an instance where I would power play stack the Sharks have, I don't think they've allowed a a goal on the penalty kill yet this year, um, but they're allowing a ton of expected goals against. So it's just a matter of, the goaltending eventually letting them down. Um, and the Rangers, obviously, their power play, arguably the best in hockey. So I think this is definitely a case where, you know, if you are worried about ownership, you know, take out Trocek, put in Zibanejad, Um, you know, do a Zibanejad, Panarin, Adam Fox uh, kind of stack. I think that's kind of the way that I would attack the Rangers. I wouldn't just three-man stack and even strength line. Um, I would definitely power play the stack, power play stack the Rangers here uh, using, you know, Adam Fox. Maybe you can th- throwing to Kako as a fourth forward or something like that. But that's the direction I would go tonight with the Rangers. Just expect a lot of ownership.
2: Yeah, I I kind of agree there. Like, I think you can even do like, you know, if you do like that top line a bit better, leave off Kako, add in, you know, Panarin, just because Panarin's always involved on the power play. I don't mind full stacking. I think you can. I think it'll lower the ownership of the three-man a bit here moving to the blue line on the ranger side jacob truba priced up he's only 200 less than adam fox who is 6300 on dk i think you know if you're using the rangers adam fox is the guy you want to add into your stacks if you want to punt i think k andre miller is fine i think truba's fine as a one-off he is expensive though so like maybe even just pay up for fox at that point on the shark side mario ferraro under 2900 does pk could block a bunch of shots uh under 3k is where i like him because he doesn't shoot too much other than that on the shark side not too interesting for me
1: yeah um this expensive defensemen don't overly uh, entice me in this in this game so i will say it is the cheap guys uh, mario ferraro could easily rack up the block bonus just on the penalty kill here too. yeah Tonight for San Jose, so don't mind him on DraftKings. Um, Keandre Miller seems to be shooting a little bit more this year, and this is a great, you know, this is a great matchup for him to get involved offensively. So, Keandre Miller, uh, one of my favorite defensemen under 3k here tonight.
2: Agreed, he's not going to be there all season. I wouldn't be surprised by the middle or late season, he'll be like high fours if his offense starts showing up. Let's move on to the next game of the night. We have the Los Angeles Kings with a 2.8 total heading into Pittsburgh. The Penguins have a 3.8 total. Tristan Yari is confirmed. Calvin Peterson expected. No changes for the uh, the Kings. Same lines as well for the Penguins. Penguins top line not getting a lot of ownership. Um, I think I'd much rather play the Penguins top line. Than the Maple Leafs top line tonight, they're in similar price points, uh, and you're getting a bigger discount on ownership. Like I like the Kopitar Kempe Fiala line offensively, but you know Kopitar hasn't been exactly the best defensively the past few seasons. I think you know this is a decent bounce back spot. You know Crosby Gensel were pretty bad in their last game. Maybe that's why ownership is down a little bit. You want to go to that second line, Malkin, Rust. I guess that's fine. I don't like really going into Deno more. Arvidsson. I think I prefer Kings two in that spot.
1: Yeah, uh, it's funny you say that because I did write up a Genny Malkin for our power plays article today. Um, The way Pittsburgh does their line matching, their top six basically goes out against the other team's top six. Um, You know, they don't hard match lines, but you will see um, Crosby against Kopitar and Crosby against the and the Malkin against Kopitar, et cetera, et cetera. The Kings top six hasn't been very good defensively. As you mentioned, Anze Kopitar's defensive play, you know, he's starting to get fairly, I say fairly old. I'm pretty sure he's still younger than me. (laughs) Um, but the the defensive play has been sliding a little bit. And so far this year, that top line, 3.4 expected goals against per 60 minutes, um, I think that's like a full goal worse than the league average or thereabouts. Like they've really, really struggled defensively so far this year. Uh three point four point one um actual goals against per 60 minutes. And that King's second line, you know, we talked about them every time the Kings played last season. Um but you know, they were a high event line, which means they would allow some shots in return. So far this season, they're not a generating a lot offensively, and they're still giving up a lot defensively. 3.6 expected goals against uh per 60 minutes so far this year, even worse than the King's top line. I think this is just me spitballing here. I think Victor Arvidsson's injured. Um he came so. in, yeah, he came into the season hurt, missed a lot of training camp. Um He missed one game. They said it was for an illness, I think. But I don't trust a coach that won't even give us what goalie he's starting. Um, And Arvidsson's shot rate has just plummeted. Uh, So it wouldn't surprise me if Arvidsson's playing a little dinged up here. Um, I like the entire Pittsburgh top six. I'll be honest. I think the Pittsburgh top line is fairly expensive Um, over on DraftKings. That's kind of my only issue is that they're coming in over $20,000 if you want to three-man stack them um FanDuel's uh pricing you know roughly in the same range uh but it's a great matchup for the both the Pittsburgh top two lines um I put in Malkin in the power plays article because when him and Russ play together they're just absolutely dynamite um you know so far this year 7.2 expected goals generated for 60 minutes like that's just absolutely absurd um and Russ certainly makes Malkin a lot better um believe it or not so um I might dip down to Pittsburgh too here, but it would be more of a price thing than anything. It's certainly not the matchup. I like the matchups for both Pittsburgh's top lines here. Um, I think it would just be a pricing thing for me that would get me to Malkin and Rust.
2: Yeah, and Malkin has been very good on the power play. Kings penalty killed pretty bad last season. Don't think they're off to the best start either this year. On the blue line, on the Kings side, like Dowdy's just super cheap at 4,600. If you're doing anything with Kings 1, he would probably be the guy. If not, Sean Dursey at 3,300 playing big minutes does interest me a lot. On the Penguin side, it's probably just Letang or Bust. Maybe Marcus Pedersen at 2,800, but probably just Letang. Uh,
1: Yeah, I I mean, I don't mind Jeff Petrie. His peripherals um, do look reasonably solid. Um, Don't mind Petrie here tonight. Uh, He's a little bit more expensive uh, over on DraftKings, uh, over on FanDuel, you know, more than acceptable at 49 to under Sean Dursey. Yeah. Playing a lot of minutes. Uh, don't mind him for cheap on DK, but um, I agree with you. I think this is a spot where I'm just correlating a defenseman or looking elsewhere. Yep.
2: Uh, As I mentioned at the top, we're sponsored by bet. MGM bet $10 win 200. If any team scores a goal tonight, I'm pretty much guaranteeing that a team's going to score a goal tonight. Um, it's free money from the sports book. Take it while you can because it doesn't happen often. It has to be first-time bet MGM users and it has to be money line bets only. If you're already signed up, find someone to sign up and take a percentage. Nice little side hustle. Send them a couple bucks and do that. So, yeah, easy way to 20 extra money there. So let's move on to the next game of the night. We have the Nashville Predators with a 3.5 total heading into Columbus. The Jackets have a 3 total. Would be shocked if it wasn't UC Saros. Elvis Merzlikens is confirmed for the Jackets. Kent Johnson moving up with Cole Sillinger on the second line. Uh, third line is now Danforth, Roselvik, Yegor Chinakov. Same lines for the Predators. Fully correlated top line for the Jackets, getting, you know, 6 7% ownership tonight. They're pretty expensive. Nashville does have a pretty bad PK um jackets do have a three total don't mind them i don't really like gustav nyquist i wish you know someone would move up into that spot and take his power play spot but beggars can't be choosers he's 4k don't mind that line i do like the national top line the problem for me is their ownership they're double digits they're on the road they're fairly expensive this is a great matchup but you know there is a lot of big totals on this slate and if i'm going to pay double digit ownership for a big total i want it to be on a home team in a better matchup
1: yeah, I, I didn't write about Nashville in my Power Plays article specifically because um, without Patrick Laine on that top line, they are a lot better defensively with Gustav Nyquist there instead. And Godro and Boone Jenner have been pretty good together to start this year, 60 minutes together, 3.2 expected goals for, 2.3 expected goals against, which 2.3 expected goals against is around league average, and it feels like a miracle on this Columbus team. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, uh, like, I think with all the ownership that we're seeing on the Nashville top line, I think this is one of those spots where and I would avoid the over-leveraged team. Um, so I'm out on uh, the Nashville top line here today. I don't mind the Columbus top line either. Like I said, Gojo and Jenner have played pretty well together, even if, you know, they're not racking up monster point total. Uh, Nyquist makes really cheap cheap, uh, especially over in uh, DK where he's only $4,000. they are not coming in uh, with very much ownership. Um, Nashville did take a lot of penalties last year, whether they're still going to do that this year. Uh, who knows, but they were a heavily penalized team last year. And, yeah, bad penalty kill. Bottom five by expected goals against on the PK uh, in, so far this year in the league. Um, they really need UC Stars to hold the fort down. So I think the Columbus top line is – you know, amongst the early games, one of my favorite lines, um, probably up there with, you know, obviously we like, like the Rangers and obviously we like Montreal, but, you know, I'd put them up there uh with like Pittsburgh or Boston too or something like that. So do like the Columbus top line in this matchup. Uh Probably leave the rest of the, of the Columbus depth aside. On the Nashville side, I think Ely Tolvanen, now that he's on that line with Ryan Johansson makes, you know, he can be a decent punt on DK, but too expensive on FanDuel. So, um yeah, just Columbus one for me, really.
2: Yeah, I, I don't mind the two Nito Needonita Rider, Ely Tolvin, and just because like I can't imagine Ken Johnson, Cole Stillinger, and Jacob Vorchek being very good defensively. They're only fifty eight hundred for the two of them. I don't mind working that into your MME mix. On the blue lines, Roman Yossi, seventy-eight hundred, big ownership, but I think you know he's a guy that if you have the salary, you play. Zach Kurensky, same deal. He plays monster minutes now. Um he's putting up points as well. Don't mind Peek or Gavrikov as punts, they're getting a little pricey. Obviously, Nick Blankenberg, 2600 Um, I know a bunch of guys in our Discord were like, Why is Fantasy Cruncher giving me so much Blankenberg? And then, like, he had a fairly big game for his price. I think he's a prospect that the Blue Jackets like. So at his price, I don't mind it. On the, you know, besides Yossi on the predator side. Maybe Ryan McDonough, 3,400. That's a price I uh, can handle, Ryan McDonough.
1: Yeah, I think Ryan McDonough is the only guy that I'm like, I'm really considering playing. Like, obviously, Roman Yossi, he's in play every time. Um, but Ryan McDonough, 3,400, blocking a fair bit, playing a fair bit. Um, don't mind him uh, on DraftKings here tonight.
2: Let's move on to the next one. We have the New Jersey Devils with a 2.9 total heading into Long Island, a miserable experience. The Islanders have a 3.5 total um goalies aren't confirmed here i would imagine it's going to be Sorokin. don't know if it's going to be blackwood devil's goal goal goaltending has been putrid to start the season um like i know this has a six and a half over under i just i find myself not really getting too much here um i don't like how the devils keep flip-flopping brat around he's with Heesher, He's with hughes he's with Heesher, he's with hughes and then he's down with like on the fifth line in the press spot like they're just playing with hughes given the minutes lindy ruff is one of my least favorite coaches for dfs um on the islander side i don't know like hughes sharon govich mercer seems pretty decent defensively he's sure brat Pilot pretty good defensively like I, I if anything i think Sorokin's my favorite play from this game
1: yeah i i will say Sorokin's one of the goalies that i absolutely circled in this one um the one thing that kind of bothered like i didn't i don't mind playing uh judy was boring hello then judy discovered jumbacasino.com.
0: it's my little escape
1: now judy's the life of the party
0: oh baby
2: mama's bringing home the bacon
0: whoa take it easy judy The chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Barzal, you know, generally speaking, um, especially now that they finally moved Zach Parise off his line. Uh, Barzal and Palmieri um, both play the power play together. They both get depth matchups. Like Barzal plays a lot against third and fourth lines um, when the Islanders are at home. Now the Islanders are coming in with that Islanders lines coming in with reasonable ownership. Um, certainly over leveraged. So I don't know if I would run out to play them, but um, you know I do like the spot that Barzal and Palmieri in, and I like that Beauvilliers on that line over finally over Zach Parise. Would rather see Oliver Wallstrom, but you know baby steps here, babe. Um, <laughs> as for the rest of the Islanders, like I don't mind that Nelson Lee Wallstrom trio for me, they're just a little bit, um, you know, especially over on FanDuel, they just seem a little bit too expensive. Like there's 17,300 on FanDuel. That's more expensive than the Columbus top line. And, you know, Wallstrom might play, you know, I think he played 14 minutes last game, but there, are, he, you know, check his game logs last couple of years. There are a lot of like nine, 10, 11 minute games from him. So, um, you know, at least over on FanDuel, I think you can avoid that Nelson line uh, from the Islanders. Um, you know, over on DK, where the price is, you know, a little bit more reasonable. Um, I think you can use them. But I really do like Barzal and Palmieri here uh, in this matchup going against the third and fourth lines from the Devils. Uh, on the Devil side, like his and Brat playing together is really, really enticing for me because those guys have been absolutely dynamite over the last couple of years 4.1 goals generated per 60 minutes in their ice time together like that is a lot of ice time and there's no ownership coming in on the devils we're talking under one percent um i don't know if i i don't know if this is a spot where i would go for a one percent own line. i don't like doing that going into Elias sorokin um especially where the islanders uh, you know they have looked better than they did last year that's for sure so um I think if I'm playing like 120 max or 150, I'm definitely considering Brad and his in this matchup, single entry. I don't think you have to take them at at, at half percent. I think there are other spots to go. So I think it's Barzal and Palmieri that I like best in this game.
2: Yeah, I always like Barzal. I just – I get so frustrated at the Islanders, especially in like empty net scenarios. Matt Martin, Casey Azekas, Cal Clutterbuck, always out with the empty net. I want to throw myself down a metal flight of stairs when that happens. Anyway, enough about – me. <laughs> Let's move to the blue line. Uh, Dougie Hamilton, 7K. I think, like, he's priced below Yossi, above Wierenski. He's kind of in no man's land in terms of that. I think I'd rather play Wierenski or Yossi, but if you do have some double stacks, don't mind Hamilton. Same with Noah Dobson. I think he's a little bit below Wierenski. I think you can one-off him. You can play him with Barzell. Uh, in terms of punts, Romanoff up to 4K because he just blocks everything his way. Uh, I think he's okay. I wish he was still a little bit cheaper on the devil side, you know, graves or Severson if I'm not using Dougie.
1: Yeah. One of the punts I do like today is John Marino as well um, from the devils. He's been playing more. I think his ice time has gone up every game uh, with New Jersey. Um, if I'm not mistaken, up to 20 over 23 minutes in his last game. So 23 minutes to 2,600. Don't mind him as a super cheap pun.
2: So let's move on to the next game. Um, Vancouver Canucks with a 2.9 total heading into Minnesota. The Wild have a 3.7 total. Jordan Greenway back. Uh, Marco Rossi playing with Boldy. Hartman back between Kaprizoff and Zuccarello. Tyson Yost yeeted to the fourth line. Thank God. On the Canuck side, uh, Soup up with JT Miller and Connor Garland. That's Ilya Mikheyev. Second line of Pod Colson, Patterson Kuzmanko. Third line of Pearson. Horvat, Brock Besser, now Greenway, Erickson Eck, Felino, one of the most elite defensive lines out there. I would imagine they're going to see the JT Miller line. Also wouldn't surprise me to see them go out a little bit against Pedersen, but I think it's going to be the Miller line, so that takes the Miller line out for me. Uh, off Hartman, Zuccarello, probably going to get you know, bottom six matchups. So, like, I really like Minnesota one here. The ownership's not too bad. Like, Hartman is on power play, too, and that kind of sucks. If you want to leave Hartman off at an Erickson X for some power play, that's fine. Canucks have been an adventure, to say the least, defensively. So, I, I really like the Wild tonight. I don't think we should sleep on the Canucks either. They do have a 2.9 total with very low ownership.
1: Yeah. Um, I mentioned in the power play article over at Stochastic.com that um, – You know, with Ryan Hartman there, that line was amazing last year. Four and a half goals generated per 60 minutes. Um, They did give up uh, some goals against. Um, This year it's been worse because of the goaltending. But, you know, that bank, Minnesota is going to see a lot of that Bo Horvat line, I think, um, from Vancouver. And, you know, Horvat and Besser have typically been. Um, Pretty bad together again from the same article only 46% of the expected goal share since um, being put together last year after Bruce Bruce Boudreaux was hired so they're not a very good line I think the Minnesota top line really controls the play Um, they're one of my favorite top lines uh, on the slate here today like I would be considering them alongside you know Pittsburgh one Um, we'll get to Edmonton in a second certainly uh, the Rangers top line so do like Minnesota one here. As far as the second and third lines go, you know, I'm definitely, I'm not playing the Eck line. I wouldn't full stack them. I, I'm worried about that Rossi, Boldy, Goodrow line, because the numbers still haven't been great. You know, we were, we were, we were worried with Kevin Fiala that they wouldn't be that good. And they still haven't been super strong. Boldy, uh, he's shooting, and getting power play time, but the rest of the line isn't playing well. You know, Marco Rossi could be off that line by the end of the first period. So it's okay. a minute forty-one one or nothing for me. Um, on the Vancouver side, I do like that they put Kuzmenko back with Pedersen. The problem is is Kuzmenko was, has been kicked off the power play in each of the last two games in favor of Brock Besser. So, you know, if Kuzmenko is only playing half the power plays and it's on the road, um, like you said, they might see some of that Joel Erickson act line. Like, uh, I don't mind uh, Pedersen-Kuzmenko two-man here tonight, um, you know, as, assuming they they miss a fair amount. Uh, Of that top line or of that shutdown line for Minnesota, sorry, but they're still pretty expensive. So, you know, I think there are other expensive spots I'd rather go to. So it's Minnesota one for me or nothing here.
2: Yeah. On the blue lines, not much from the uh, Vancouver side. Don't mind Tyler Myers at 2,600. Quinn Hughes, if you are doing anything with the power play, Minnesota goaltending has been awful so far this year. On the wild side, Kalen Addison, power play quarterback for 3K. I like Jacob Middleton if you're punting. Jonas Rodine, also 3500
1: Yeah, Kalen Addison is the guy that, that really jumps out uh, to me. Um, honestly, there's not a defenseman that I really want to play in this game, um, ex- except for Addison maybe in some Minnesota 1 lineups. That's about it.
2: Yep. Don't forget to check out the Hardwood promo. Link is in the description or use promo code HARDWOOD. Ten days of Stochastic Platinum for just $10. Every sport and the all-new lineup generator. We have about seven minutes left, three games to get through. So let's rock and roll. That's, I'm such a dad. Uh, <laughs> Carolina Hurricanes, 3.2 total heading into Edmonton. The Oilers have a 3.3. Carolina on the end of a very long road trip. It's nice to get it out of the way beginning of the season. Um, but, you know, doesn't bode well for DFS. Oilers, fairly low owned Oilers, always makes me nervous. This is a tough matchup. Tough. Uh, Carolina has an excellent penalty kill. They're fairly good defensively five on five. McDavid's the most expensive center on the board, most expensive player on the board. Um, I think of anything, like, I know it sucks to leave McDavid off a stack in Edmonton, but I I don't mind, uh, the dry saddle Hyman, Nugent Hopkins line it's double center. So if you want to add in, you know, McDavid, you're, you're hampering all three center spots on DraftKings but don't mind that second line on the Oilers side, or excuse me, on the Hurricanes side, 3.2 total. The problem is here, ice time has been an issue. It's very even. Uh, The power play has been mixed up a little bit. So like Svechnikov, Netches on the top power play, Jarvis, Teravine to the second unit. So like, it's kind of tough to full stack a line here, but I don't mind, you know, doing like a Ajo, Svechnikov or something like that.
1: Yeah, I don't mind a power play stack here from Carolina at all. Um, you know, Edmonton's penalty kill has definitely not been good, uh, you know, basically since Jay Woodcroft took over. Uh, one thing I want to mention about the ice time is like, yeah, the ice time usually gets depressed. But over the last couple seasons, when Carolina's playing Edmonton, Ajo's averaged 20 minutes a game. Like when he's playing elite top centers like McDavid, he tends to play a lot. Like they don't want they don't want Kanyemi caught out there against McDavid tonight, right? So, like, I think this actually might be a game to go to Carolina. One Aho, Teravainen, and Jarvis—absolutely no ownership. The split power play really does suck. Um, you know, the wingers are on a different power play from Aho. So, like, if you want to leave Teravainen off and then throw Svechnikov on or throw Natus on or something like that instead, I think that's perfectly fine. But that Carolina top line has been absolutely dynamite uh, so far this season. Uh, wrote about them uh, again in the power play article 3.8 expected goals generated so far this year at five on five last year was 3.7 when they played together so they're just continuing what they did a year ago honestly Caroline one is one of my favorite uh, top lines here on the slate considering ownership and projection and I think they could end up playing more minutes than we expect so uh, Carolina, obviously you want to play Edmonton go ahead but with the elite Carolina penalty kill and how reliant uh, Edmonton can be on the power play, um, I think this is a game where you can leave them alone. Um, I, I kind of like Carolina one most um, uh, um, out of everything from the forwards here.
2: Yeah, uh, they're very low on tonight. And they have, I think, the highest road total, which is nice. On the blue line, Brent Burns, 5,700, interested there. On the Edmonton side, it's probably nurse or bust for me.
1: Yeah, Ed, I mean, Edmonton's giving Tyson Berry a ton of minutes and giving nothing um, to, <laughs> you know, to Devin Bouchard. So uh, nothing for me. Um, You know, Cody Ceci, again, on, on FanDuel, I think is fine. 3,900, probably plays 22, 23 minutes, or whatever.
2: Yep. Buffalo Sabres, 2.5 total heading into Calgary. The Flames have a four total, biggest of the night. Love Flames one. Don't love their ownership. Double digits, pretty high here. Uh, Sabres have been an absolute festival defensively. I kind of like Buffalo one, but this is a miserable matchup. So yeah, Calgary one for me.
1: Yeah. I like Buffalo one as well, but they're coming in, you know, um, roughly the same ownership as like the Dallas top line. And I think I'd rather play the Dallas top they're line too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Brandy. Over over 18 K on DraftKings. Um, they're That's coming funny. in with the same ownership as the Carolina top line. that we just talked about, it. I'd way rather play the Carolina top line. So I'm out on Buffalo. Uh, If anything, for me, for Calgary, it's probably uh, some pieces from the second line. They've been very, very good so far this year. 4.4 expected goals generated. And Manjipane, and speaking of low ice time, Pane and Dylan Dubé are playing as much per game as Jonathan Huberto and Tyler Toffoli. That's another problem with, with Calgary is, you know, they really spread out um, the ice time, uh, you know, and they're coming in with a ton of ownership on DraftKings. Don't, no problem with it especially where buffalo has a really bad has a bad penalty kill to start this year so if you want to stack the top line especially you know i like rasmus anderson on the blue line as well um perfectly acceptable um but i do like you know cadre i like a cadre two-man or something like that here tonight um that's kind of what i like here uh the most in this game
2: yep let's quickly get to the last game winnipeg jets 2.8 total Vegas has a 3.9. Winnipeg back to back on the road, so it's probably going to be Dave Riddick, which is a big step down from Halle Buck. Uh, Aiden Hill probable for the Knights. I do really like the Vegas top line. Don't love their power play correlation, but I do really like Eichel at 6100 tonight. If you want to, you know, do like a power play stack, I think that's fine. Um, I just don't really like their lines five on five. So if anything, I'd power play stack, but I'd have to have Eichel in there.
1: Yeah, it's Eichel and Riley Smith um, that I like the most. I wrote about Riley Smith uh, in our write-ups. Cheap price, Eichel's price has come down since the start of the year. They've been great together. Three point four expected goals generated uh, per sixty minutes. Um, They're going to see probably a fair bit of the second and third lines from Winnipeg, and not only that, but Winnipeg start. You know, Connor Hellebuck started last night for Winnipeg, so um, it's going to be the backup, almost certainly in net, uh, in David Riddick here tonight um Vegas one I think their ownership is just fine um fairly cheap um I do like Vegas one here um on the Winnipeg side with Nick Ehlers out I'm just like I'm off them Uh, um Aiden Hill starting might kind of change things a little bit um especially you know where Kyle Connor might play like 22 minutes or something like that but uh it does seem to be a tough matchup um you know they aren't that cheap uh so probably out on Winnipeg entirely
2: Yep, coming up right after us at 3 o'clock, the No House Advantage Thursday Night Football Show with Pete and Jeff. We have to get out of here, but real quickly, we'll do a quick hat trick pick. My hat trick pick is going to be Kirill Kaprizov.
1: I got Sebastian Ajo. Let's go, baby.
2: And uh, yeah, so for Cliffy, our, ho- or our producer Slim Cliffy, I'm your host, Josh Harris. We'll be back, I believe, Saturday morning at 9 a.m. with some energy drinks. So good luck tonight. We'll see you in Discord.
1: Good luck, everyone.